Welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynn and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions, the north, south, east and west, to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty, healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing. I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information. Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies. And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is. Hi, this is Abby here. And welcome to an episode of Healing for Healers with a special guest. Chris Waters. Chris Waters was one of my teachers when I was in shaman school and it's so exciting to have her on the show. Here's her biography. Chris Waters has been a healer and group facilitator for more than 30 years. It was the Inca culture that she discovered what she knows to be the final piece of the healing puzzle. What she learned here was that the energy body holds the key to the deepest healing. She travelled to America in the year 2000 to learn with Dr. Alberto Valaldo, and it was within these teachings that she found a home for her healing work. She was already well established as a healer, a dynamic group facilitator and a yoga teacher, so it was a short step for her to become a teacher of the medicine wheel and using the healing tools of the Inca tradition as a senior teacher for the Four Winds School in Europe. Chris founded the Spirit of the Inca School of Energy Medicine in the UK and has been a guiding light in the growth and evolution of Medicina Samanca School of Energy Medicine in Romania. Chris currently teaches the Inca Medicine Wheel in the UK and in Romania. She's developed some of her courses online during the last two years, which has made her more widely available across Europe. We have a fabulous chat but we did get a little bit excited and fritz the energy. So I'm hoping that you can follow the conversation. It's very, very worthwhile for healers, for caregivers, and for people in the world who just want to be their true, authentic selves. So I hope you enjoy. So we're recording now. We can just chat away and then I'll just, you know, break it into wherever, wherever we go. I mean, when Regina yeah. and I started doing these podcasts, it's very much about being natural on them, not trying um, to... Absolutely. Absolutely. I get that. And, and in a way, you don't want to be so prepared to that, you know, you've got a script that you're reading and all. I can't, I can't work like that. So no, I think um, it's even gone into my novel. I've written a novel. <laughs> and in the novel, it's me, but it isn't me. And she's training as a psychotherapist doing uh, shamanic work and learning Reiki. And one of the things that I learned, and I put it in the book, was when people in the counseling came up with fake stories, yeah. you know, it's like they didn't want to bring themselves into yeah. the equation. 
you contract that. You, you, there's nothing to work yeah. with then. No, you know, exactly. you have to bring that reality in. Yeah, so exactly. that's, that's exactly. what we like to do here. So yeah. I'll just introduce right. you. This is Chris. And I think I'm going to read her bio beginning. So you've probably already heard it. So. <laughs> Chris is one of my teachers. Mm. And uh, I'll never forget, Chris, one of the things you said, we were doing shadow work and you were walking up back and forth in the room. And it was a really bright room in the in the UK. And you said... Now, I could come across as your mother, so I'm not surprised if you project everything onto me and you end up not liking me. And I thought, my God, she's a brave woman. That's such a room full of people all projecting their mothers onto Their wicked mother, their wicked stepmother, their, their you know, nasty sister. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, it's all a projection anyway. And yeah, it's how do I deal with that? Isn't that what one of the questions is? How do you deal with all those projections that are coming at you? And, you know, it's tricky. It is tricky. And over the years, I've learned very just not to take it all seriously, you know, mm. understanding that that's what we do. That is what we do as humans. We, yeah, we project and then we project in order for us to see what it is that we haven't healed. And, you know, sometimes, I have to say, sometimes, sometimes the projections kind of hit home and you think, ooh, you know, maybe maybe that maybe that is part of me as well. So then I go off and do my, my own shadow work. It's like, you know, somebody's pushed my buttons and... Therefore, if my buttons have been pushed, it must be me. <laughs> so, yeah. That's but, interesting. So it yeah, would slide as, off you then. When, if as it's... soon as you step up and you put your head above the parapet, this is what happens, right? Well, what Regina and I have discovered and what I've discovered from doing client work over Zoom on the computer, whenever there's an epiphany or an energy shift, mm. It impacts the connecting quality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can get cut out yeah. when they say something really important where somebody has to listen, an alarm goes off or the church bells <laughs> rings. <laughs> or, or Wi-Fi says, nope. <laughs> Wi-Fi says, no, yeah. you're not allowed to hear yeah. this. Yeah, because yeah, you're not listening. Or it's the other person mm -hmm. who doesn't yeah. want to hear or is just trying exactly. to block it so much, yeah. putting their power in. Exactly. So, uh, so you you've been working to teach people to heal, to be healers, and and that's something that I haven't been brave enough yet to do. Wow! <laughs> so, have you? Did you start off working on a one to one basis? Yes, of course. Like, of course. The, well, I say that you know my, if you like my my journey, my healing journey started with as for all of us, a crisis, you know, we, <laughs> we all have a crisis. We don't get to be a healer by having a wonderful life that everything works <laughs> wonderfully, and, you know, life's great. It doesn't work like that, does it? So um, I had a crisis, I think when I was in my 30s, so what am I, I'm 70 now, so that's too many years ago. <laughs> So um, I lay flat on my back for 16 days and I couldn't move. I was in absolute agony. And at the time I was, yeah, I was doing so many different jobs. You know, I had about 
four or five part-time jobs. I was a mum with two kids. My husband was doing this depression thing, you know, like losing his job. And, and in the end, it, it was like I was holding the fort really tightly. And in the end, it just I just broke in a way. And I couldn't do it anymore. I just lay on my back, couldn't move. It was a stupid thing, but it set me on a completely different path. And oh. gosh, I'm grateful for that, really, because I think that, you know, without that, I wouldn't have learned all the things I've learned or done all the things I've done. So and life literally floored you. Put absolutely. You on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And, and actually, in a strange kind of way, it was my mother who um, gave me, so she gave me a, 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 back then it was a cassette tape of Louise Hay, Heal Your Life. And, uh, and I remember listening to it and crying my eyes out because I knew that something was, you know, something was wrong. And I didn't know what it was, but in my soul, I knew something was not right. So, yeah, I listened to that tape, cried for days. And then I got a reflexologist to help me. And he said, you're, you're a healer. You, you should be learning this. And he mm. set me on a path. I went to learn reflexology, and then I followed that path for a while. And I realized that, you know, you can heal people um, through things like reflexology. But there was always, for me, it's like some people healed and some people didn't, you know. Yeah. What's, what's the difference between a person who would, you know, let that work for them and, and someone who couldn't? Not that they wouldn't, but they couldn't. And so I went searching for other answers and, and I did all kinds of things like psychodrama and um, psychosynthesis, looking at how the mind affects the body and so on. And, um, and then did so much work here um, around things like our soul's journey. You know, I learned voice work and dance five rhythms was what really opened me up five rhythms dance you know like moving in a way that was extraordinary just let go of all the rules that I've been you know conditioned <laughs> by growing up those rules that we all you know and suddenly I was like I was I was finding a different me inside and I, and what was extraordinary Abby was every time I found that in me my clients would come and say, I think what I'm looking for is da-da-da-da, you know, like I remember doing this massive rage thing and for the next I don't know how long I had clients coming to me and saying, I'm so angry. Like, it's amazing when that now? happens, isn't it? It is amazing. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the universe gives you something to open up your own box if you like that you're stuck with and then once you've done that people can walk through that door as well and then eventually I found Alberto's work and that was where I found home really for for all of my work I could just fit it so neatly into that box or all the shadow work I'd done before with my women's group and and I was a yoga teacher so I'd also you know gone down that path as well 
I've done so many different things in my life, but it just, for me, this work is the thing that um, is home to me. It's, it speaks to myself. Mm. I remember doing the, the shadow work with you and you saying that and then yeah. it happening. You know, that, that's, that's why it's so important for people yeah. who deal with people to be able to go in and own what's theirs, but then to be able to say, no, you're projecting that onto yeah. me. It's not my stuff. You have to take it back and you have to deal with that yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. And we too, you know, it's like we have to take back everything in a way because as soon as somebody's projecting on you, of course, sometimes it's it's not yours, but you have to ask that question. You have to, is it mine? Is it mine? And if it is, I can deal with it. If it isn't, okay. But um, I always ask that question because without shadow, you know, terrible things are happening in the world, aren't they? That's shadow of leadership, the shadow of the king, you know, the shadow yeah. of the, the one in charge. It's like, oh, my Lord, then be, become the tyrant without without working your own inner woundedness. I see the, the I see a lot of wounded kings, wounded fisher kings uh, in <laughs> charge of our world. Yes. So, As um, you're speaking there, I mean, through all of your life's journey to, how did you ever reach a stage where you thought, this is it, I've healed now, I'm finished, I can just keep going? <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, I actually, it's really interesting because I reached that stage after, so when I started training um, with Alberto in America, I did the South, which is your own personal stuff. Um, I did the West, which, which is your ancestral and karmic lineage, you know, cleaning up that field. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm done now. I, what do I need the North and the East for? It's like, you know, I've got to travel. I've got to pay a huge amount of money. Why would I want any of that? So, <laughs> so I wrote to uh, my mentor there and said, look, you know, I'm done. I'm certainly <laughs> done with this. I'm really happy with who I am and, you know, why would I want to do anything else, you know? So <laughs> she messaged me straight back and said, Chris, get out of the West as fast as you can. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what she means by that. And of course I realised that. Well, actually, I took her advice and I thought, well, there's no harm in doing just one more of these four directions. So I go along to the north and, oh, my goodness, you know, that's where we start to reclaim everything, our power. Our, and, and actually, in the process of that, we let go of all the roles that we're playing and all the identities that we stick around ourselves. And uh, that was the most powerful of all the directions, actually. And I, I so easily could have missed it, you know. Mm. <laughs> I so easily could have said, no, I'm done, I'm done. And then, you know, Abby, I don't think we're ever done, actually. To me, it's constant um, self-reflection, not like navel-gazing in that, you know, that way that the, the hippies talk about. But it's like when stuff happens, and it does, you know, stuff happens, and it impacts us because we're human and we're empathic and we feel it. So 
yeah, it's a constant for me, a constant re reevaluating and and I'm fortunate because I have a partner who will poke me if I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I, um, I find it really fascinating that the moment where you felt you had done enough was yeah. right before you had to look at what you were identifying yeah. as. Yeah. yeah. And then if we take the whole scenario of today mm. and how what you identify as has become much more important, how you mm. feel seems to supersede what is true. Yes. And it's almost as if the world is so stuck and they don't want to go through the work of the North, <laughs> you know, that, that, that they're making it, you know, it's an insult yeah. if you tell me there's something wrong with me because I'm identifying this way today or this is what I choose to do and my feelings are more important. Yeah. It really struck me just there yeah. when you're describing that, that, you know, that the resistance, let's, let's build new structures to keep us here in our happy, clappy world where we don't have to do the deeper work. I think, yeah, and I, I do think that's true because we're, well, you know, we're we're in a system, aren't we? Where right from the very beginning, we there's something wrong with us. <laughs> you know, yes. that is our that is our mental construct. It's our mindset as a Western culture. There's something wrong with us, and so we behave like that. There's some, there must be something wrong with you. There must be something wrong with this. There must be something wrong with the world. And actually, what I really understand is if we, if we all understood and really felt that we were okay, even in our not okayness, then we would have a different world because we wouldn't put all our wounds on somebody else. You know, that's what yeah. we do, isn't it? That's also one one of the things I've noticed as well recently. Well, not recently, but really noticing it as you're saying that is that there's no archetype for your best healed self. There's no image for someone who's healthy and happy and balanced. You know, when I say to people who come to me for programs, it's okay to still be angry when, you know, when you've healed this, you're, you're, you're allowed to lose your temper. You can still have a drink and slam the door. You know, you just, you just don't hold on to it for months and months and months afterwards if you have a fight with somebody, you know. Yeah. And it's like you were saying earlier to have the humility to ask yourself, is this my stuff? Yeah. Thinks, you know, if you can keep doing that, if a person can keep doing that until the day they die, then that's mm -hmm. what makes them heart centered. That's what I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. It is, it is about being heart centered. It's not about saying everything's okay. You know, when it isn't, um, because for me, it's about being authentic. It's being authentic. This is this is how I feel. This is what I need. And, you know, it, who's going to supply that need if it isn't me? <laughs> you so know? Tell me a little bit about power. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've inherited a a form of power which I think is very violent and um, we misuse it, we abuse it, and we suffer under it. So I think what I... <laughs> Oh dear, this is a, could be a very long conversation, Abby. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> what, I, what I know is that 
uh, there's been a lot of talk recently about sovereignty, you know, standing in your sovereignty. And I'm like, mm. what does that really mean? It means being okay with yourself enough to be able to say no and have that heard. And also to know yourself well enough to not let somebody else overpower you. And power is, I mean, that is what's happening in the world. We're being overpowered. And that kind of power has, I want to say, I think that kind of power has had its day. And that because people are rising up, people are saying, oh, we're, no, you know, no to um, inequality, no to corruption by those who are, who are corrupt, by those leaders. They're not leaders, are they? They're rulers, they're, mm. you know. So power, power has a bad reputation. And I remember a long time ago when, um, again, when I was doing my training, and we used to do this power breath, and we've done it in yoga, and we do it in, you know, in shamanic tradition. And I hated it because I could feel the power rising up in me, and I'd had no idea what to do with it, Abby, because it's like I don't want that. I don't want that kind of power. Um, I because for me that's what power represented: uh, authoritarian, abusive. Uh, yeah, puts you in the drama triangle, you know. I don't have power, you do, so who am I? <laughs> and that stops me from stepping up and saying, I am me. So, you know, it's it's a terrible yes. power, is a terrible thing, isn't it? In that sense, and yet there's a different kind of power that is, for me, is awesome, which is that that sense of what's rising up in me when it's like I, I can feel really angry and outraged and enraged at what goes <laughs> on in the world, you know. That's power, but it's we don't want to twist it into making it something else. I can take that rage and that and push it out in the world, not from not projecting it on anybody, but saying, what can I do? What can I do here that is going to make a difference in the world that I can have an influence on? And for me, that kind of power is different. And also, you know, I sit in circles with people and and I know that it's a feminine tray of empowering not overpowering, but power with. Let's make this decision together. Let's do this together. And I, I work with teams in in Romania, particularly. I have a great team of eight, ten people that I have empowered, and that now, when I can't go, they can they can just step in and teach, you know. And that's for me. That's, that's the legacy of they they have the power to do that. So. I think it was it was you that that gave me my greatest lesson in power. I have to say, it was it was from you <laughs> that because I find when you're talking about healing and healing for healers that the, the biggest fear that people have is if I heal this wound, then I have access to my power and I become powerful. And what am I going to do with that? 
Yeah. <laughs> and so it keeps yeah. you on your toes. But it was you that said, um, I have the power to kill you and I choose not to. Exactly. And exactly. I think I think in, in, in times on your growth when you're when you're growing, there are certain things like that that stick with you forever and that has mm-hmm. stuck with me forever yeah. so yeah. so you have a great influence on so many people you might not even, <laughs> you. Not even <laughs> I didn't even know you know sometimes I say things and I people will tell me things like that later and I think wow did I say that that must yeah, be awesome but I mean isn't it the great power in sitting there and not taking action yes. out of anger or rage or fury and then and then channeling it into something creative afterwards Absolutely. that actually can move it's the, the, the mustard seed and the mountain you know that Absolutely. can move where to use it how to aim at the trajectory of that but to not allow injustice happen in front of your face is a dif- difficult balance very yeah delicate. it really is and 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 how do you manage that you know because that's where we're at in the moment in the world watching watching these things witnessing these things going on and you know i'm i'm with that how what can i do then to help me not rage at the world but to to sit back and say well yeah if i if i have this power how can i use that to greater effect and i think that what i've certainly and and certainly over the last two years when we've been completely locked in and what I found is that I've been able to use that power to create PowerPoint presentations and, <laughs> you know, incredible things, courses that I didn't realise I could do online. I've suddenly That's like, wonderful. Oh, yeah, I can do this, you know, so I can I can impact more people in a way. Um than I than I could if I was just doing an introductory classes here and there. That so. really backfired on them, didn't it? <laughs> 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 but that's yeah. the thing to, to 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 empower people. I mean, I I love that about people who give the way that you give. You know, it's, it's, I had a question there from someone on a program with me recently. Do you think some spiritual teachers hook into their clients or students to keep them dependent on them? To yes. keep, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's dangerous, actually. That is dangerous because you then, you, it's like you have to be careful to be with this you know, the guru thing. I I have this strange ability, I think, to detach myself. You know, my clients, I um, they come to me for sessions and they go. And I, I, I never want to see them more than, you know, when they're ready because the work that I do is powerful anyway. And big shifts can take place, but I don't want to keep them coming back and coming back and coming back because who who's being fed here? You know, who is who is feeding from this client? That would be me. And that's not my job. My job is to say, okay, this is who you are right now. You want to to shift out of this story of you into a different story. So let's discover what is the story that's wanting to be expressed in you. And I don't tell anybody what that story is. I 
elicit it from the things that they say, by the conversations that we have, by the healing sessions that we have. And then a new story starts to emerge and they can step into that. Thank you. Great. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like I don't want it. I don't want to hold people because that's not my job. And I I think too many, too many therapists are, I would say, it's a, something to do with needing to be needed. Um, it's the rescuer in all of us, you know, and I go back to that drama triangle always because for me that is the shadow of the the mother that needs to be needed. And if you have that need to be needed, you have to be very careful that you don't create victims, you know. Your clients then become your victims and eventually you're – you become the perpetrator because you're holding them in that place. And that's very uh, dangerous. And very difficult for a healer to admit that they're a perpetrator. Well, maybe, but I think it's important. And if you don't know that, if you don't know that drama triangle and you don't know your own shadow um, issues, then of course you could you're going to unconsciously do that. Maybe we just unpick it a little bit for some of the listeners who might never have heard of this. Mm. It's a what, drama the, triangle. The drama yeah. triangle. So it's a, tri- it's a triangle. At the bottom of the triangle is the victim. So this is the person whose main kind of way of being in the world is like, oh, you know, they've all got it in for me. Um, they're all mean to me. Um, oh, what can I do about anything? Oh, it's, you know, that kind of energy. So uh, the on the top two edges, you've got the rescuer and then you've got the perpetrator. So the, the rescuer is the, the kind of, I would say the twisted mother, the one, the smother mother, you know, the one who needs to be needed, who over cares for, over responsibility, yeah. over caring, over giving. And most healers, and I include myself in this because that's my primary place on that drama triangle. That's what I that's what I know and that's what I have to be careful of. So I can overgive, over take too much responsibility. Um so there's that. And then the perpetrator is the authoritarian, the um, twisted father, if you like, punishing. Like, if you don't do as you're told, I will, dot, dot, dot. And, and we've all experienced all of these places on that drama triangle, all of us. We all know victim, we all know rescuer, and we all know perpetrator. We don't need one on the outside of us because we can do that. <laughs> just really well on the inside of us, <laughs> the inside, yes. you know. So what it does is it keeps us trapped in a dynamic that is not healthy. And what I teach in a way, well, not in a way, what I teach is that the rescuer, if you, if you think of the mother side 
the healthy mother who empowers and doesn't disempower. Because if you smother your children, you're disempowering them. Oh, don't worry, darling, I'll do it for you. Never mind, sweetie, I will, you know, all of that kind of... And it's it's kind of not nice. But... um, you know, in a way, I had a mother who was a bit like this, and I got wrapped in cotton wool, you know, as a child, and, and I had to really break out of that cotton wool in order to be me. So, um, yeah, then, so that the, you have the, the rescuer who's the, yeah, the shadow mother, if you like, not healthy. The, the victim is the shadow child, the, it's like the, if you look at a child in the moment, completely wrapped in the moment and enchanted with life, you know, curious about everything, completely and utterly um, wrapped in every in in whatever it is they're doing. When, you know, if you see a child dancing along the street, just like completely unaware of what's going on and completely in themselves. This is what I would call the magical child, you know, and, and, and that child exists within all of us until we get educated out of that and have to behave in certain ways and modification. And, and there's something wrong with us from the minute. Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. So we shut, we shut all that down and then we become the victim because that's what we're left with. And we've got the rescuer mother who, oh, don't worry, darling, I'll do it all for you. You know, this kind of thing. It's so, more acceptable to be a victim than to be a magical child. I is it? I not By in my society. book is not, no. By society, <laughs> yeah. not 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 if you're on a healing journey. That's yeah. the struggle. Exactly. Yes. And actually, um, you know, if you think about the tarot pack, it's the fool in the tarot pack, you know, and the magician actually, who can do what not do whatever they like, irrespective of the impact of others, but but just be themselves 100% authentic real and we aren't encouraged to do that you see so you know that's our that's the journey that we all make through life right we spend the first half of our lives conditioning ourselves out of being that magical child and I have to say the second half of our life taking all that off and becoming the <laughs> magical child in our 70s which is <laughs> You know what? What a, if you're if you're not kind of you know like this, not crushed, um, and and you know my my journey has been to just pull off all of that so that I can be I can be real, I can be authentic, and even sometimes I I go into oh no, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> well, we have it all inside but of that us. But that, that's part of and our we authenticity the, as so well. Going back to the drama triangle, we have the perpetrator inside of us. We, mm. Mm. Yes. Definitely do. Yes, to be all of that. Yes. O- yes. Overcritical totally. on, on yeah. everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So when you're in a room then teaching all of these things yeah. with people who then start projecting on you, and then you start getting triggered and not getting triggered. What would what would be a way for you to separate yourself out from that? <laughs> Working on boundaries. Um, I yeah, I I have t- 
two things, two things that I will do. And I and it's really important to me to have my own time and space within the day. So, for example, at lunchtimes, um, so I've been teaching all morning and at lunchtime I, I have my lunch very quickly and I shut myself in a room and I meditate. I go completely back to myself because if I don't do that, then I can be taken you know so my boundaries i i haven't got um i people people will say that i don't have great boundaries but i in my teaching capacity i need that time to come back to myself and and it's really important and at the end of a course for example when i come home then i like to literally if I could do this, I would go into my room, close the curtains, pull the blinds down, and just be with myself. It's like, who am I? You know, where is this? Where is the me that is not teacher right now? And and for me, that's really really important. And I think that's what the north of the direction taught me that you know we can step into these roles. And then step out and come back to myself. So I can be teacher and come back to me. I can be shaman and come back to me. I can be mother and come back to me. I can be grandmother and come back to me. Because I'm all of those things. And actually at the core of me, I'm not any of those things. So it's for me, it's really important to... Well, I mean, I know with teaching, you would consciously step into teacher, but would you consciously step into the other roles or would you just kind of slip into them? So the focus would be on coming back to me as opposed to becoming the other thing. Yeah, just come back to myself. And then when I'm called to, to be, for example, to be a grandmother, when I'm called to be that, then I can do that. But um it's. I think, Abby, it's really important to know who you are at the core. You know, what is the essence of you? What are you really about? And, yeah, and that can be fluid, of course, but at the core, at the centre, it's like, yeah, I don't have to be. And, and it goes back to I don't need to be. I don't have to be a teacher. I don't have to be any of these things. But I choose, I'm choosing consciously in that place. Does that make sense? It's very powerful. It really is because then it gives you a center and a foundation to return to when anything's going on. Like, you know, depending on whatever's going on, to, to take that time to get your balance and your bearings to Absolutely. go, okay, well, how is this impacting me? Is it triggering me? Is it my stuff? Is it your stuff? And I think as long as we keep asking those questions, we start to see more clearly what's going on around us. If, if a client, say, is creating a scenario where they keep needing to come and see you, you know, what's going on there? So, so to be able to, to, to clear that, which, which is very, very common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. I, yeah, so. I did, I, yeah. And and I did I did have a client once who really pushed my buttons and said, you know, I, I, it was one of those opportunities that I had where I got it wrong. Okay, so it's like um, I I you I 
I want to see you because you're the only one, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, every every single time I saw this client and I gave, I gave what, and it's going back in the early days before I kind of really understood all of this, but it, it helped me to see where I, where I needed to heal. So every time I saw her, I was giving her like tips. Why don't you, wouldn't it be a good idea if you, you know, la, 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 la. And, and, and it was always yes, but, which yes, but it usually means no. So I'd give her things to do and she never did them and she would come back and come back and I'm like, well, you're not actually, you're not taking responsibility for your healing. You're leaving that responsibility to me. And actually, <clears throat> it's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to, to help you along the path, but I can't do it for you. It's yours. It's your job. So she couldn't have this, you know, and in the end I turned perpetrator and it's like, oh, I think dear. I think you should find yourself a new, another therapist, <laughs> which was very unkind, actually. And, and that taught me a lot about myself because I felt that. I felt how unkind that was and I felt the perpetrator within me and I could have dealt with it differently. But um, I didn't. And, you know, these these situations teach you a lot, don't they? Well, we're human. We're yes. human. And there's a part, part, of, part of any healer gets frustrated with the same thing coming back to you and the same person over and over again and mm-hmm. them going off. And, it's, you know, I, I say to people, I'm not a car wash. I'll be your valet. you have to do the the light cleaning yourself you have to run those things you know and occasionally maybe once or twice a year we can do a deep clean but (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more powerful to teach people how to do these things for themselves and in a way that that's 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 what it's yeah, about. Sorry, I interrupted you. There's a little delay. Isn't no, there, it's it's. I think here. we have a bit of a lag on 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 the internet, but there's so much going on. I think between yeah. our energies, that's throwing things off. I want to ask you, Chris. Have you noticed with the change in the frequencies of the energies that have been coming in over the last, say, three years, that the way you've been teaching has changed, the way you've been healing has changed, the way you even look after yourself has changed? Is there anything you can share with us? on that lots lots has changed and actually <clears throat> i would say things have been <laughs> can you hear me now yeah can yes i now? can yes we're floating in and out it's because so, we're bringing in those high vibrational yeah. fritzy energies that's <laughs> what it is <laughs> <laughs> we're fritzing things we're fritzing yeah. everything um, I think I think it's been going on longer than than even these last few years actually. I I've, I've discovered probably in the last 4 or 5 years that the people that are showing up on the training are different. Um they learn quicker. They're uh, they're much more conscious and awake. And I've been curious about this because it's like, well, isn't that interesting that, you know, instead of dragging people through the training, it's like, 
And then we then we got to this, you know, this situation in the last two years. And the frequency that we're all resonating at is new, I think, is new. And I'm feeling it certainly in my body, my bones, my joints. It's like, wow, what is this? You know, okay, maybe maybe it's me getting older, but I don't think so. And I think that this stuff, water, is really, really important right now. I don't know if you've got any of that, Abby, because my, my connection's Well, it's really supposedly unstable. recording at your end as well as mine. I can't hear you. You've That's got... okay. It's recording at your end as well. It's ah. recording at your end as well as mine, so... I'll get a separate audio file and I'll see what it is. And, you know, our listeners are understanding. (laughs) Some things, some things isn't, isn't willing to let you hear. And some, some things are important, but yeah, they are people, people are learning and waking up more. Yeah. I think one of the things that's really important is now with these new frequencies, rest and water rest and water and you know that's and obviously whatever you need to do to stay well because you know our immune system is being blasted as well so I think it's really important self-care and I've done things recently like gone to bed for a whole day because I needed to I, I would never have done that in the past it's like Wow, what's you know, just it's the same thing actually. I've been coming back to myself, to the core of me, <clears throat> resting, knowing that we're being blasted by energies. Um, I I kind of listened to a lot of people like Pam Gregory who talks about that we're going through the photon belt and these light energy is coming at us it's all part of the big turning of the world you know the upturning the patakuti it's all part of that and we're part of that we're we're no different to the to the earth herself so we're being impacted but i i think it's really important to take care of ourselves totally agree totally agree so look, this has been an amazing conversation on many, many levels. And before we finish, is there anything that you would like to offer to people who are healing at in these times? I mean, we, we, we've talked about power, talk, just talked about self-care, which is really important, and coming back to yourself. I think those three are really important big things. But is there anything else that you think would be pertinent i think i i think the most important thing is know yourself know yourself you know that's what's written on the delphi isn't it know thyself if you don't know yourself then it's very easy to get taken this way or that way and whatever it takes to know yourself is i think really important right now um and also, you know, there are so many courses out there 
to meditation and all different kinds of people are offering lots of different kind of things. I will say this, and and I know that you'll agree with this, Abby. Check out your teacher. <laughs> Check out your teacher. <laughs> Find out. Before you take the leap, check out, do I resonate with that person? Do, do they, does it feel to me as if they will, we will get on? <laughs> and, and check out how long they've been training and what they've been doing. Don't just go, oh, yeah, tick, I'll do that. I think it's really important. I, I've always chosen the best teachers that I can find, those who've got the most experience in whatever it is I want to learn. And I think that's really, really important. And I know you'd agree with that. I completely agree with that. Totally. Mm. Totally. To treat yourself because you're investing in you. You know, it's not about, look, this was nine ninety nine and it's reduced now to one thirty nine. so I have to do it because it's my only chance to work with this person. You know, maybe you don't need to work with that person at all. You know? No, trust your, trust your inner guidance as well. And I, I do believe that we've all got a North Star, you know, the, a guiding star. And if we can get in touch with that, just... Yeah, that's what helps, I think. Yeah. So thank you so much. And, and, and uh, I'm sorry that we've had jittery, but I mean, the internet is quite unpredictable at times. And um, this has been really fabulous conversation. And uh, uh, yeah, I've loved talking to you, Abby. It's been so long. And I'm, yeah, I'm really. It has. So yeah. just tell everyone who's listening how they can find you because now you're doing some online. Will you be continuing to do online teaching, Chris? Yes. Or, or are you? Yes, I think I will. I'm, you know, I'm not going to – I only did online because I couldn't do anything else. And it, it actually what it did was make me unpick my medicine, if you like, and put it back together in a new way. So it's like I redesigned it for online, which has worked amazingly well and also has given – people the opportunity from all over everywhere to, to join me so I will continue that but my heart is in sitting with people in circle and teaching in that way so I will I'll be doing both so you can find me on www.spiritoftheinca.com or I we've got a link tree so link tree I'll put that all in the show notes yeah. so they yeah. can just click it and go and visit you. And now yeah. you've all checked out, Chris. So <laughs> you say, check out your teachers. Now you're in a really good check out here. Yeah. <laughs> highly, highly recommended. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one, one of my dreams is, is still to go to Peru. I was planning to go uh -huh. and then we had the pandemic. So maybe I'll make it to one of your trips because I think, We're going you know, I get to see a really fabulous... <laughs> Um, next year so <laughs> but, yeah. but I, I think it'd be a wonderful opportunity and for you to actually go to these places and bring that energy into the work that you do is superb yeah. absolutely yeah. superb and we're very fortunate because we work with we've worked with sh the same shamans for nearly 20 years now and uh and they know us and yeah they journey along with us it's wonderful and yeah we we're going in May, I think. So we're going. That's absolutely. wonderful. That really is. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Great. Thank you so much, Abby. 
If there's anything in this podcast that triggered you, upset you, or stimulated you to want to know more, if you've got questions, or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show, please write to us. The email is healingforhealerspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.